0: Welcome to I Am Ethos, a podcast about self-discovery, inspiration, and uplifting real-life stories from extraordinary people. Each week, we deliver the best inspirational stories and tips on how you can live an extraordinary life. Now here's your host, Joe Willow Rose. For the people that know me, they will tell you that I'm one of those people where it's very difficult for me to rehash the past, especially if it's had a very tumultuous experience. I'm saying this because for the first time, and over 10 years, I decided to talk about something that I've been bearing, that I've buried deep, deep, down inside, uh, that I feel that now is a good time to come out and heal. Back in 2008, when I decided to change my life drastically, um, I've asked my ex-husband for a divorce, moved to Virginia for over a year, just took a sabbatical for a year just to find who I am, find my true purpose, leaving my two young kids behind I found myself liberated. It was as if someone turned on the switch and realizing that I've been living in this dark room for over two years prior. And it was something I would say more than a revelation to me because it was my aha moment. It was was a time of liberation. Now, everything flowed for me once I decided to leave um, a relationship at that point, 18-year relationship, with someone who i still loved but did not see as my husband and so because of this i decided to you know change everything about myself make a drastic makeover and when i did this everything flowed i was into spirituality, I attended a lot of healing modalities, some of them I was able to certify, and it was when I moved to Virginia that everything lit up for me, and that is because I created a company that I longed to have for many, many years prior Uh, I was able to connect with whom I would call soul family very easily, and I was able to travel around the world, visiting sacred sites, um, absorbing all of the uh, energetic energies and uh, really um, being empowered by it all. Now the idea was that my young kids would live with me uh, during the school year and stay with their father during the summer in California. However, at the end of 2009, things changed drastically. Um, My husband met someone and uh, decided to live in with her and and the kids and uh, so all of the, uh, the, the, the plants that we've had just washed away, <laughs> went away. And so I had to really, I was at a crossroads and I had to really think about, okay, what, what is it that, um, that I needed to do now, right? I was, um, it was as if I was in this high, 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 you know, um, on a scale to one to 10, I was in nine. And when I got that call, I went down all the way to two. You know, that was the feeling that I had. And so you can imagine how devastating that was for me. I had everything set up, and it was as if, you know, the wall was pulled right under me, and I just fell. Well, for me, my kids were very important, and the fact that they were young, I couldn't fathom the idea of not being with them um in my life and so i decided to move back to california i didn't have any plans and so far as profession is concerned because you know i thought i was really gaining momentum in, in virginia and you know, establishing this business uh, And uh, connecting with potential clients. And so when I went back to California early 2010, I wasn't really caught up with what I needed to do professionally. Um, I was in a state of limbo. And that's when things started spiraling down for me mentally, emotionally, physically. It was a time where my soul uh, felt as if it was in despair. It was as if the depression uh, took over most of the time of day for me. Is just living day by day, not knowing what will happen, not uh, knowing what to do. Now, my friends would tell you that that would be the exact opposite of, of who I was or who, who I really am. I, I'm, you know, they would tell you that I'm a planner, that I would always have 10 options right in front of me. But during that time, I had no options at all. And so I began to get angry. I noticed how I would lash out to those people close to me for no reason. But in my mind, it was as if they did something wrong. And therefore, burst of anger would just... Uh, be the normal response. Now I would never get violent with my kids, never would do that. But I was annoyed, even though they didn't do anything. And, and in my mind, I knew that it wasn't, uh, didn't have anything to do with them. Um, but mostly I blamed my ex-husband. I think that's where really where the anger lied. Because it was as if he was pivotal in, in in yanking out the happiness that I felt while I was living in Virginia. It was as if he, it was his action, it was his decision to not allow me to be with my kids. And therefore, I had to go back to California um, that made me depressed and angry. And so... As you can imagine, it was a very tumultuous time between he and I. And it wasn't just in 2010. And I think um, uh, when our divorce was finalized in 2011, it was really at that time that, that I began to see the light. But in the meantime, the anger just built up for a year and a half and just continued to build up. And so without realizing it, when you're angry... What happens is the the normal responses is when someone triggers you is you lash out you don't think you lash out immediately, and the other person sometimes wouldn't understand why it is that the degree of anger is so uh, maximized um, because from their end it's an not a big deal. But from your end, it is. And why? Because I've attached everything that had to do with my happiness. And, and, and that disappearing in front of me, I attach it to every actions, every conversations that anybody has had with me. In other words, if someone says to me, um, boy, you look really haggard today. And, and the truth was I was, um, I would lash out in a way that, that is very painful. Now, if I was in a, not in an angry or fear, fearful mode, I would probably not have done that. But because of the pain that I felt, and this is true for everybody, I believe, it says when you have a pain associated in your life that is so great, Especially if they have built up over the years and you have not addressed it. It's as if the tipping point reaches and it maximizes. And when it does, it's a volcano eruption. And so I began to realize what I was uh, projecting out there, what I was uh, creating out there for my kids and for my family and for my ex-husband. And only, only when I was truly honest with myself and asked the critical question, and that was, why was I so angry? Because it had nothing to do with someone not... Closing the refrigerator door properly, or putting the toilet seat down, or could be any reasons. It took me a few days, but I decided to sit with it, contemplate it, and really find out what is the reason for this anger. And at that point, I, because of the combination of anger and fear and depression, you know, sometimes you just have, it, it, there's a cloud, not just in front of you, but all around you. And therefore you are not able to see clearly. You're not able to appreciate people who are trying to reach out to help you. You're not able to hear people who's giving you advice. You're not able to live your life. And so I decided that day that no matter how long it took, I will get to the bottom of it. So after three days, I had maybe a 10-page list of where my anger stemmed from. And as you may have guessed it, you know, some of it were, it was because of, me going back to California and, but surprisingly, most of it stemmed from childhood. Now we all have, you know, it's not a perfect world and I understand that, you know, we all have our ups and downs with our family and sometimes, uh, children, you know, don't know how to, um, act it out or, or come in an environment where you're not allowed to do that. And so I began to realize that not only was I able to address the recent uh, reason why I was angry, but I decided to dig deeper. To flush out all of this pent up anger coming from childhood on and so the the whole process started out with me making a list of this and then I progressed to journaling it's I spent two days journaling my feelings my pent up anger about things and people and circumstances that that created this uh, this facade that i've built up over the years so that nobody can really see the real me because if they they did the lioness, the anger will come out and so this facade was very thick indeed. And so breaking down that wall, step by step, was not only hard, but very, very painful. And people have to go through grief, you know, there's a five stage of grieving. And I and I was at that stage where I had to really face that anger. And so that I can progress and hope for a better life, a, a, at least a, a, a better way of feeling happy and alive. In totality, the, the whole process took about a month for me where I secluded myself most of the time and and really dug deep, you know, finding out who I was, finding out not just about the anger, but also to find out my true self. What is it that my soul really wanted to tell me so that I can change, so that I can be happy, so that I can finally, finally, face up to the truth and then hope that the healing will occur soon after there were a lot of journaling there were a lot of introspection about my beliefs my values and and you know addressing all of the what i thought was my structure in life, my belief in life that turned out to be false. I had to break that down first. And then came the forgiveness. Because forgiveness is the crucial part in all of our healing. It, 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 it's if, if not the most pivotal, it's the most important that we have to do. It's it's a step that you cannot avoid because otherwise all of the hard work that you're doing for yourself, all of the healing and the cleansing will really just be a form of a band-aid effect. It's a temporary really, um, effect because if you don't forgive that anger, will stay on and continue on and, in my case, build up over time. Now, true forgiveness is really all about, again, looking at the other side's perspective, looking at the other side's life at that time when they had hurt you, Because when you do that, then you then realize what they had to go through at that time, what they're going through at that time, what their family dynamics were, what, how they were influenced growing up, what the culture for them were. All of those things matter when you try to figure someone because then you will have a total understanding of why they hurt you of why they, you name it. It was a very daunting process. It was a very painful process. But once again, I knew that if I did not do that, all of my hard work will just be in vain. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't forget what they've done to you. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is once you forgive them, and in the process, you also forgive yourself. And for me, that was the crucial part. Once I saw the reason for my ex-husband's hesitancy and reluctancy to let me have the kids in Virginia or let me have them during the school year and live with me in Virginia, I began to realize his motives. I began to realize that, in fact, he was right. That In California, we have a support system here. We have most of our family members here and friends that they know. While in Virginia, I had my best friend, one person, and he was afraid that the kids will not have that structure of, and change, you know, change is a very hard thing for kids. And once again, when that was explained to me initially, that went out the window because I was happy there. I was happy there. And so anything and everything that he said at that time did not make any sense. But when I had my introspection, when I had my time, my alone time to heal, to journal, to find out, to dig deeper, that is when I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. That is when I realized that what he said was right. And because of that, I began to reach out to him slowly. Now, at that point, we weren't talking to each other for an hour, for a year and a half. Uh, not because he didn't want to, but it was because of me and my anger towards him. And so slowly, but surely we reached out to each other. And in the end, I think it was close to maybe two years after I came back in 2012, we sat down and we decided, we asked ourselves, you know, we can go about this two ways. We can either continue to be bitter with each other and have this animosity, or We can start being friends again. We can start showing our kids that it's okay for divorced parents to be friends or at least respect each other. We spoke for hours about all this and decided we will give it a try to be friends. We will give it a try to respect each other again. We will give it a try to be happy again. And the result of that was tenfold for us in a positive way. Because we not only became real good friends, but we were very support. We are very supportive parent to our kids. There's no barrier. The filter was gone. We were able to laugh again. We were able to talk again. I was able to appreciate his new wife. I was able to appreciate what he had. In fact, I became very happy for him and his wife. And that was critical. I got to that point, not all of a sudden, I got to that point because I did a lot of introspection. I, get, I did a lot of forgiveness. I did a lot of digging deep and addressing my anger and my fears. It's a lot of work. But I have to tell you that if you feel that you matter, if you feel that you are worth saving, worth living happily, you will do the same thing I did. You will. Because the outcome was, not only did we gain our respect to each other, but my ex-husband and I showed our kids that it's okay to be friends when parents divorce. It's okay to have this kind of relationship. It's more than okay because our kids were happy seeing us together in a jovial manner in a respectful manner. And the hope was that when they become adults or they break up with their significant others, that they will look back and and think of that and say, it's okay. And to not hold that anger inside of them by separating with their significant other. Not hold that anger towards the other person, not hold the anger towards themselves. It was okay. And so that was the, the added bonus, I would say. That was the added bonus that we thought about, but we didn't think it would really make a big impact at the time. But of course, <laughs> it's 2020 hindsight, I think, is uh <laughs> appropriate to say. However, it was very critical. It was very pivotal for us to really work on love instead of fear. That was really it because there really are two just two main things love and fear. And anger stems from fear. And so in closing, I would just like to say that if you experience any animosity or anger or or you feel like you're being triggered immediately by what someone whom you had a rough relationship with, look inside yourself. Try to look at the other person's perspective and see where they are. Imagine yourself as them and ask yourself, what would you do if you were them? How would you feel if you were them? And then ask yourself if, it was, if you're willing to forgive. Not just forgive those who have hurt you, but to also forgive yourself, which is equally important. Try to live a life that is happy and joyful and playful and fun because when you do that your life will change for the better, not only for you, but for those people around you. I send you peace and love. Thanks for joining us this week on I Am Ethos. Be sure to tune in next week for our next exciting episode.